everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, the podcast where we dig into the digital revolution and the incredible impacts it's having on our personal lives, our professional lives, and everywhere in between. We're delighted to have with us today one of our long-running monthly guests, digital all-star Bonnie Tinder, who's the founder and CEO of Raven Intelligence, which does peer-reviewed uh, oversights and analyses of software projects and the partners involved with them. Bonnie, welcome back. It's great to see you. It's great to see you, Bob. Happy 2024. Thank you, Bonnie. Same to you. And are you in a different locale today? I am. I am. I have become a uh, snowbird or a snow raven, more appropriately. <laughs> um, I am in uh, sunny Florida for um, the next couple of months working from down here, where it's a lot nicer weather than Chicago, certainly. Wow, Chicago is a great place, but I, January, February in Chicago, I could see why uh, Florida is better. Well, that that's wonderful, Bonnie. Good, good to see that. Um, and Bonnie, the end of the one year, the beginning of another year, I think brings around too some always interesting uh, summaries and overviews that your company is able to put together. Raven Intelligence now being able to look back at the year and draw some big picture perspectives on what's been going on here. So Bonnie, tell us a little bit about what you found here and what you wanted to chat about today. Yeah, well, certainly the big trend in 2023 in terms of technology was generative AI. You can't have a conversation or go to a conference without that being the front and center topic. And as we looked at implementation um, over the past year, so 2023, that 12 month period, um, you know, we heard a lot about generative AI and some of the promises with it and some of the new technology which would be blending in um, generative, generative AI. Um, but we really sought out to see or, you know, or, or looked deeply in our data to see, you know, did generative AI improve the outcomes or change the outcomes for software implementation uh, in 2023. And our customer reviews uh, really told a, a story there. And uh, so was it, did it live up to the billing, Bonnie? Well, you know, I think a lot of clients were implementing software that had generative AI capabilities, but uh -huh. in terms of the implementation itself, the short answer, uh, did it dramatically change implementation and outcomes, is no. Huh. So based on over 500 reviews, uh, the story uh, pretty much remains the same about software implementation. Generative AI did not have the impact in 2023 um, that you might have thought. Okay. Bonnie, any thoughts either from the data that you have or your own expertise in this field about why it came out that way? Well, um, you, you, the, the feedback that we got um, was more about the fundamentals of projects, more so than the technology itself. And it really came back to the three main things that we've heard in years past, which was the project plan and team, the quality of the data, that was huge, and the readiness of the organization to deal with uh, a mass scale change. Now, generative AI was a part of the technology that was being implemented, 
but that didn't necessarily change the composition of the project itself. Huh. Um, so those fundamentals were what we heard more so than AI. Well, I mean, it, it, fascinating in a way. And on the other hand, right, it was late November of 2022 when, uh, you know, the big Gen AI bomb went off and, you know, it became the thing. So through first half of 2023, maybe some people are still saying, now, what is this? What, what's going on here? And how do I do it? Maybe the second half, they're starting to uh, play with, dig around a little more. Would you expect that for 2024, when you look back at Raven Intelligence on what went on in 2024, do you expect Gen AI to have played a bigger role? I do, because I think there are things that were being experimented with this past year and being tested that will come to fruition. Um, you know, generative AI is certainly enabling efficiency of engagement managers and consultants. Um, I think it's going to enable speed for things like documentation, workflow bills, data exchange, you know, some of the coding that's necessary for uh, any customizations that are done. Um, so I think it will have an impact in the future on, on speed um, and the efficiency, but I think that no matter what, um, you know, no matter how good generative AI is or enabled uh, within the process, if the data is not good, um, you know, all the generative AI in the world isn't going to make any difference. Yeah. Bunny, I'm glad you brought up that point about data because of the three, you know, enduring issues that uh your the that you saw across the the 500 peer-reviewed case studies there in 2023. You said that there was really a lot more uh focus on or interest in and and work being done around data. What yeah. do you think lies behind that? Um you know, I think that, um, you know, when we think about uh, data, it has a lot to do with, you know, the history that's being brought over. And is that information, um, you know, up, up to date? Um, is it current? Is it clean? And if companies don't spend the time or project teams don't spend the time making sure that that data is clean ahead of time, um, you know, that that can be really problematic. You know, the other aspect of data is is integrations. So you have one system, um, you know, let's say HR that needs to talk to finance. Um, and, you know, and in, in, unless the connections between those two systems are made um, appropriately, you know, that really creates some consternation as well. So this idea of data as it relates to uh, integrations, uh, is was also a big factor that came up often in, in our reviews. Okay. And Bonnie, from the NoTruth Center, I saw that you said uh, room for improvement across these implementations. And I, I thought it was interesting that one of the areas you called out there in particular was value delivery. So please talk about all of that feedback, but in particular, what's wrapped up in that notion of value delivery? Is that the business value? business outcomes? It is. It is. And we ask clients, did you get the full impact of this of the project that you thought you would? Partial or, you know, in some cases, clients will say that they didn't get any value or went backwards. Um, and, you know, we look and we, we only see around half of projects that felt that they got the full value delivered. 
Um, and in large part, that is because of um, you know the fact that you know teams may have changed along the way, um, new uh, aspects of scope come up, or that the implementation was such that you know a company thought that the software would do a lot more, had more capabilities than oh. actually were. And so the area of, you know, delivering true value and return on investment is one that, you know, could use some improvement in future okay. years. Yeah. And Bonnie, I, I, I get the sense that that's particularly keen because the pace of change in the business world is just so much more intense now than it was before that um, it can't be, well, well, we'll take this amount of time to get the project done, then we'll take another chunk of time to, you know, work the kinks out. And then sometime after that, we'll start, it, it's got to be more immediate and precise, right? Without question. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to fix the plane while the plane is flying. And um, in a lot of cases, that is, that's what happens during these projects. You need companies start them and all of a sudden um you know there's an organizational change or uh, an acquisition happens and so flexibility during the course of a project uh is something that's that's always necessary but um you know certainly adapting to new things that that come in uh is a factor in you know organizations being able to realize the the value of what they thought uh the product was going to or the project was going to deliver going in, and then all of the changes that they had to deal with, um, you know, mid midstream to accomplishing at least the implementation of the software. Okay, okay. So, uh, Bonnie, one of the other just uh, huge high value uh, things that Raven Intelligence delivers on is the vendor ratings that come along with these implementations. Right? There's uh, I think that Raven Intelligence really stands out in its ability to take that broad look at here's the role that the customer plays, the partner plays, and the vendor. But when you look at the vendor ratings from this year across these 500 implementations, uh, what was the feedback and what stood out to you from the, the data that you pulled together? Yeah, um, I think there's a, a lot of variability that we saw. If we look in aggregate at the average, um, it's about a seven out of 10. So customers rate their software vendor on average, a seven out of 10 um, for the relationship during implementation. Cause we look at that specific period of time. Um, and, you know, I think a real aha um, in what we saw in the data last year is that good consultants and good consulting firms really won the day. And, the top rated projects were ones that rated their consulting team highly, sometimes in some cases higher than the, the software vendor themselves. Um, but you know, having a solid relationship with the consulting firm that's doing the implementation, um, making sure that you're choosing the right one, um, you know, had a ton of impact on the success of a project. And Bonnie, can you um Sorry if I'm putting you on the spot here, but if you go back a year to 2022, um, was it similar, the the overall rating in that seven, give them a score of seven out of 10, do you recall? 
You know, I mean, it, it wasn't drastically different, but it has gone down somewhat. You know, even in 2022, we were still riding on, I think, the good graces that customers had. Um, you know, we're coming off of sort of the that, that COVID grace that everybody got. Um, but even still, those projects, I think, were, were rated the software vendor somewhat higher um, in years past. This year, that number has slipped uh, almost a full point in terms of vendor satisfaction. It's not to say all vendors. There's some vendor satisfaction that have actually gone up or some uh, software vendors. But in general, as we look at the averages across the board, that number came down a little bit in 2023. So some uh, work to do there for those folks in uh, in 2024. Um, mm -hmm. Bunny, what's your what's your overall thinking about that? Right. You know, is this is this something that you feel the um, the software vendors are taking to heart? Or do you have any idea why that? I mean, on the one hand, as you said, it's a little bit of the COVID halo uh, disappearing, but I mean, that that's, you'd look for, I think, in some ways, constant improvement. Anything that comes to mind for you of why they slid back? Um, I think there was an aggressiveness last year in, in selling because of the promise of new technology with generative AI. And so, you know, setting realistic expectations mm -hmm. Um, as it relates to time and cost for implementation is key. Um, I think there, we saw a lot of rapid implementations being sold last year, particularly in the mid-market that didn't go as well. Um, and so I think the, some of those factored in the, um, you know, the satisfaction levels going down. Um, but I think in general, um, you know, setting the right expectations in terms and having customers prepare enough time and resources for change management, for training, for lining up a, a good implementation plan, that pays huge dividends in the end, not only just for the organization, but for the satisfaction with the project and with the ultimately with the software vendor as well. So right expectations um, are a big deal. Okay. Okay. And Bunny, overall, if you take a look at the biggest trends or the lessons learned, what would you share with, uh, with the folks here? Yeah, I alluded to it a little bit before, but, you know, integrations can be a beast. Mm -hmm. And so ensuring that you have, um, Number one, good data and good data quality. Um, that, that's A1A, but then making sure that integrations are being cared for and um, that there's enough thought process and a plan around integrations, not, oh, well, it's a standard integration and just assume that things are going to you know, automatically connect with one another because it's always a lot more complicated um, than, than you think. So integrations are something to, to look for. And that's what we got a lot of commentary on from our reviews. Um, you know, I think that the idea of turnover as well on projects was big last year. So turnover from the project team, turnover on the consulting team, um, that weighed into some of the satisfaction levels, whether it's in the the middle of a project or even post-stage on a project, um, team turnover is a moment that matters. 
And if a customer does it poorly, that um, have a might have a real negative impact on the project, even if it was run well from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and you might as well have not done the project in the first place if it's not turned over properly. And and Bob, even last month we talked about, you know, this this idea of um, IT amnesia and yeah. not having a good project plan and not transitioning the project to the next stakeholders um, and the next managers of it um, as well. So turnover on a project, keeping that team intact um, is something that's really important. And when projects were rated poorly last year, it had a lot to do with the fact that the team had some churn on it. Well, Bonnie, you know, along those lines, I guess if you'd look at uh, AI, Gen AI, you know, once they're in, there's no turnover, right? You control, you, you control them. They're not allowed to leave and switch jobs. So is that going to fix the turnover problem? Well, I mean, as, as far as the machine and as far as the, the software, I think that goes really well because, um, yeah, robot robots will never leave your company. Um, you know, on the other hand, um, it requires humans yeah. uh, and that human interaction to make sure those robots are trained properly and that the AI um, isn't fed garbage because if it's fed garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's one thing to automate as much as you can. Um, and, you know, certainly there's a lot of benefits of, of AI taking on some of the administrative texts, but that doesn't um, negate the need for, you know, the, the solid people team to make sure that that AI uh, has the latest and greatest data and process um, that it's trained on. Bonnie, I, I do think that that's just a fascinating point here, right? There's so much potential for AI, for Gen AI, and everybody gets that. In some cases, though, we maybe tend to think like, oh, wow, this is going to you know, eliminate this problem forever. And it isn't. It's a tool that can be used to help do things better, uh, create some new things. But uh, I, I don't think the human element, as you've described very eloquently here today, the human element is not going away. And it sounds like from what you're saying, it's more vital than ever, as even as new technologies come along and get better and better. That's right. It's, it's just going to change the dynamic of how, um, you know, a, a project team works, um, it's not going to eliminate the need for them. Yeah. Um, Bonnie, before we wrap up, any other thoughts from uh, your survey there or your own, you know, views on what you learned here and where people can find out more about that? Absolutely. Um, so we have all of our uh, stats available, uh, written in a blog post out on ravenintel.com. So you can look and see the detail of what our findings were in 2023. Um, I, I guess the last thing I would just um, say is, you know, customers want to allow themselves enough time and enough resources for change management and training. Um, you know, rapid implementations sound great, but in the end, um, sometimes the rework on a rapid implementation is more than if you just gave yourself the right amount of time from the beginning and, and paced yourself. Um, so I would say, you know, if a project is worth doing, um, it's worth doing well 
and making sure that you're set up for success by allowing um, for even more time than you think that you would. Um, and so again, looking at some of the advice that I'm, I'm providing today, that doesn't come from Bonnie, that comes from 500 reviews that we heard in, in 2023. And you can read all of those and get smarter about how you should plan for your project um, if you go and look at some of those insights. All right. Well, Bonnie, thanks. I just wanted to point out while your company is Raven Intelligence, the website is ravenintel.com for folks who want to take another look at that. Well, yeah. Bonnie, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm sorry that you have to spend winter in Florida instead of in Chicago, but make the best of it, won't you? Yes, I will try. I will try and, and limp along here in the 80 and sun. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks, Bonnie. Always great to talk with you. Likewise. Thank you, Bob. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on Cloud Wars Live. We've been speaking with Bonnie Tinder, founder and CEO of Raven Intelligence. And you can find out all about these 500 implementations at her website. We'll see you next time.